gentlemen, many women of God, everybody, believers this morning, truth seekers this morning, those that are hungry and thirsty for the Lord, early risers this morning, prayer warriors, intercessors, gatekeepers, those who stand on the wall and look out for the city in prayer, watching and praying this morning. We welcome all of you this morning, those that we've already uh, heard from this morning, and for the broader audience out there in the radio world. Uh, for those of you that do not know it, we'll be in air at number one, uh, number one on the radio stations of 15,000 radio stations across the nation. We're in several countries. We're being pumped in into several countries. So we have several followings other than the few people you hear chiming in. This message goes out worldwide, global, because God's gospel is universal. So this is a lot bigger than what you think it is and what you hear every time you get on. Believe me, we got it archived. We keep the numbers, we track the data, and so it's all out there. That's why we keep doing it, because we can't always physically travel to these places and go to these places, but we can put the, the, the word of God on the wings of the spirit, and he can take that word, because the Lord said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. It's to do those things that are pleasing the purposes to which I sent it in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 11, the King James Bible. So if you are saved, if I'm saved, if we're saved, our mouths are saved for God to use every bit of our being for his glory. Don't ever forget that. When we speak as oracles of God, we are the mouthpieces. We give voice to the word of God. As long as it stays on the Bible and people just read it, it's just logos. It's just written words. We're logos. Greek word, it just means written on the, on the pages. But when you take it and ingest it and you begin to speak it and declare it out of your mouth, now it becomes rhema. It comes alive. It has, a, it has a living effect. And it goes out of our mouth into the wind. And God picks it up and he sends it out because it's his word. It's going out. We put him in remembrance of it. And he watches over his word and hastens to perform it. So don't think for one minute we're just blowing hot air here. No. We're publishing the word of God to your ears to hear and to the greater audience out there to hear. And we know God hears the two coming back to him, and he sends it where there is a need. He sends it where it needs to go. Amen. And so we thank God this morning for the platform that we have. Amen. So let's pray this morning and get into God's word this morning on the School of Healing Virtual Wellness Center. Amen. So, Father, we come this morning before your throne and your grace of mercy. We come this morning in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, to acknowledge you as God, to acknowledge you as our Lord. We have no other God before you. We make no graven images unto you, God. Father, we, we trust you wholeheartedly this morning. We put our confidence, our faith, our hope, our assurance, our reliance, and our dependence in you, God. And we thank you this morning for your son, Jesus Christ, the only begotten of the Father, the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one. God, that you would send forth your anointing this morning to destroy every yoke that have your people bound this morning. For it is the anointing of God that destroys the yoke. I have no anointing. But Jesus is the anointed son of the living God. And so we're praying this morning that his anointing will destroy the yoke of sin, dominion, all for my family members and every family members in the world that don't know Jesus Christ. So as we come this morning, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we make known to you our adoration and love this day. We thank you for the things that you've done, that you're doing, and that you promised yet to do. We even pray for the peace of Jerusalem this Jerusalem this morning. We pray for an end to the war that's going on there. We pray that you touch Mr. Netanyahu's mind and change his mind, Lord God, and save those poor people that are being separated from family, Lord God, taken hostage. And we pray for the release of those who have already been taken hostage. Thank you for opening those doors over there, those gates over there, so those supplies, influx of materials and resources can reach its destination to the needy. We're praying this morning that you close doors that no man can go back and open and continue the onslaught and break, take people into captivity and use them as bargaining chips out to have their way. 
We're praying, God, for prosperity to be restored into the walls of Jerusalem. We're praying for our very own nation right now that is divided, right now, Lord God, that is going after its own form of righteousness, which is no righteousness at all, God. We're praying for those in authority who have ruled over us, God, that they would lead and govern in such a way that we may be able to live quiet and peaceful and tranquil lives, oh God, as it is your will, God. We're just praying that your will be done in our government and world governments, God, all over the world in the name of Jesus for your divine help, your divine intervention, God, for the need this morning, the homeless, the poor, the widows, the incarcerated. God, we're just praying that they too will have a chance to come into the perfect knowledge and will of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that someone would get a message to them that you still love them, even though the world has turned its back on them. We pray for those immigrants down on the borders of Mexico and the Rio Grande and Texas and all the surrounding states, God, right now that don't know how to deal with those people. You said that that you do to the least of them. You do it unto me. We're praying that you touch the uh, governor, have his heart, Lord God, with that word right there, God, that he's doing it unto you, God. Father, we and not only him, but the other 25 governors who plan to do the same thing and that they support his decision to put Bob Wild Pence out with children and families are trying to get to the shores of America that they can have a chance to live a dream that they never dreamed before. God, we just pray this morning for an end to that war, God. We're praying that that block where I come down, we're praying that our current president continue to make a bold stand against it. That's unhumane, God, and no one would want their children to be treated that way. So we're praying and calling for an end to it in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're praying, God, for all the unrest and all the poverty and things that we have going on in our country for an elimination of this homelessness, oh God, and poverty-stricken communities will be built up, God. Let the government send funds into these places and let these funds, God, not be taken advantage of and used, oh God, for the will of man, but used for the will of God. As we saw, God, a few years ago, they took grant money. They did everything. They took all kind of money with lies, God, and deception and manipulation, saying they were going to use it to improve their communities. And God, they took it and they bought cars and they bought clothes and they bought jewelry and they went on vacations and went to Vegas and gambling casinos and lost every penny of it. And now they're having to repay it and they're hating the government because they're making them pay that money back without justification, Lord God, of why they took it in the first place. So we thank you, Lord God, for your justice prevailing in all these places, oh God. And so this time around, Father, we're praying, God, that people do the right thing, that there be many women of integrity of their word, Lord God, because without their word, they have nothing. They're already spiritually bankrupt. So we're praying for a change of heart in the land. But in the meantime, we pray you forgive us, Lord God, of our sins and that you heal us of heal our land, Lord God, our land and these healing morally and ethically. Restore our country again back to the moral and ethical high ground which we used to be envied for, Lord God. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, right now, Lord God, for all those who open down the ballot as we move to this voting season, as we move, God, to this general election, God, where there's already, Lord God, campaign, uh, uh, campaigning going on full force ahead. God, I pray that people put their fingers down and stop pointing fingers and laying blame that we all share, Lord God, in what we have created, Lord God, and we can all share in writing this ship, Lord God, if we do our part, Lord God, and stop being judgmental and critical, Lord God, but let us pray, Lord God, because we say we're a Christian nation. We have evangelicals right now supporting a liar that has been proven to be a liar, God, with four cases against him right now, 91, Lord, indictments against him, God, but we see your justice standing firm, Lord God. We see, God, hallelujah, Lord God, that that you, Lord God, have your hand on the heart of the king and whoever's in charge, and you turn it whatsoever way you will. We're praying, God, for the salvation of those right now, God, who are full of hate, God, yes, and want to use violence and murder, Lord God, killing innocent people. Lord God, to gain control and be in power, create a climate of fear. But in the name of Jesus, we know that fear did not come from you. It did not originate from you. So we come against fear. We render the powers and homage and ineffective spirit of fear. We order you out of those communities, out of those poverty-stricken areas, out of those areas of the ignorant and the spiritually ignorant and dumb-minded people right now that, that would rather be dumb and ignorant, Lord God, than to be humble before your hand and do the right thing. 
So, Father, we're just praying in the name of Jesus for our young people that are being affected. This gen, uh, Z generation right now, they don't know what to do, God, because there's so much out there tempting them, so much out there, Lord God, that don't make sense, oh, Lord God. But, Father, you said in the name of Jesus, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So we're praying, God, that they get the knowledge they need, that they come down from God and go out into the community. Let the preachers stop being critical of everything and begin to pray and teach the people, Lord God, what it is that you have commanded us to do, God, because only what we do for the Lord will count in the end. We're praying for restoration for families. We're praying mothers to turn back to the daughters and daughters to the mothers, fathers to the son and sons to the fathers. We're praying, God, for reconciliation again, Lord God, for those that are torn against each other, divided against each other, like our houses of Congress and in the Senate, God. Bring them together. Let them know, God, we can do better, Lord God. We are blessed. Lord God, we're fortunate, worthy to be in the God, and we ought to be ashamed of ourselves the way we take for granted, Lord God, all the blessings that you have given us in this nation. So that's our prayer this morning, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you forgive our sins, have mercy upon us, and God, that you heal our land, God, is our prayer this morning. As we pray, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is your kingdom, the power and the glory, it all belongs to you. Now, Lord, we pray and continue for all those that we're aware of that's been going through, dealing with some type of infirmity, affliction, ailment, God, that they be healed by the stripes of Jesus. We thank you, God, for your word. We send that word of healing to them now in Jesus' name. And we give you the praise, Lord, and I bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray for the healing of the nation, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat> All right, then. Well, we're going to get into the lesson this morning, School of Healing Virtual Wellness Center. And uh, what I want to talk about this morning, you know, uh, I'm just monitoring things and looking at things and you know, I've been seeing a lot of things. Our people are doing so. People want revival. They want renewal. They want to be refreshed. They want to be restored. And I know that God is a God who revives and restores. I know that he sent his word to revive us and give us life. And if we really, really are sincere about having a real revival, I'm not talking about this man-made stuff that they come in. You know, I invite people to, I used to go to them, I don't go to them anymore because they're man-made. And I got sick and tired of every time they do a revival, uh, they got to pay some guest speaker to come in. And uh, that's just money, you know. And uh, <clears throat> and if they don't get enough in the offering, they got to take up another offering. They hold the people hostage. You can't leave until they get the right amount to replace that money. So I'm burned out on those type of revivals because they're man-made annually. you got to have a revival. And if God didn't send a revival, it's not a really a revival. And as a man, it is. So that's what they do. That's the tradition of men to make the glorious gospel of no effect because the people leave and they still got the same stuff they got to deal with. So where did they get revived at? Uh, they heard some good singing. They heard some quartets. They heard some good stomping and preaching and all of that, who on and carrying on. But it didn't change nobody's lives. Because the people left, you know, without their money, and they got to go back out there and deal with all these issues. But we know that God sent his word. He wanted a real revival. Let the word of God revive you. You know, he sent his word to revive us and to give us life. And we have to be content with God's reviving us, you know. And, um, so I, 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 I've been, I had prepared this, this, this message a long time ago. I was supposed to preach it on a Sunday, but, uh, just recently, I, I thought it was good for, for, uh, for us, you know, school of healing, because we want to be revived. We say that we're, we're building a better life this year for our future. We want to, we want to be revived and restored and rejuvenated brought alive to the things of God going forward in our future. You know, we, 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 we spent a whole year learning about how to build, strive and aim and build a, a future of optimal overall wellness. And then this year, God updated and said, now I want you to teach them how to build a better life for, for that better future. 
why have a better future? Don't have a better life to live in. To live in it. So this is what I'm gonna deal with this morning. Uh, several scripture references this morning uh, out of the Book of Psalms, chapter one nineteen, verse twenty five <clears throat> through forty eight, verses uh, one forty nine, verses one fifty four, verses one fifty six, and uh, you'll hear a few other scripture references I'm gonna make. But that was kind of like my, my my reference scriptures to get started. But then God kept adding more to even all the way up to this morning in my early devotion back there in the bed. Uh, a subject I want to deal with this morning is about we as believers. And I'm talking about all believers. I'm, I'm targeting the believers because when Jesus came to the earth, he went to those disciples who decided to follow him. <clears throat> and he shared the word that he brought down from the Father with them. <clears throat> and he gave them a commission. Go ye therefore into all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them all things that I have commanded you. That's the great commission over in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 18 and 19, the King James Bible. So that's still our commission as followers of Christ. So in an attempt this morning to continue the Great Commission, I'm going to try to do exactly that. Uh, to all believers must believe and know that real life comes from God and God's word. That, 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 that's real life. That's what revives us. That's what renews us. That's what strengthens us. That's what makes us ready for the future. Okay? It all comes from God and from his word. Jesus is the Lord of life. If you remember in the book of 1 John, okay, when he came, the Bible said he was the incarnated word of God made flesh, came dwelling among his own people. They didn't recognize him. And today, some of us don't recognize what God is trying to do. He's trying to draw us back to his word. We're going everywhere, conferences, running all over the place, trying to find answers. We, we, you know, we, we, we've got Ouija boards going on, palm reading going on. You drive down the road now, you see more palm readers than you've and, and, and psychic than you've ever seen before. And you see cars parked out there, people spending money, going in there trying to look in a crystal ball to project and predict their future. It, it, it's the work of the devil. You know, this world right now is drifted so far away. We still got plenty of churches. We got enough churches that each individual family can have a church. But are they doing the work that the commission called us to do? We want people to, be, to live healthier lives, better lives in those areas that we talk about, you know, spiritual wellness, physical wellness, financial wellness, occupational wellness, you know, mental, emotional wellness, environmental wellness, social wellness. You got to turn to, we got to turn them to the word of God. That's where life is at right there. The Lord of life. When Jesus came preaching that word, the Bible says this in the book of First John. Now, now, granted, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he made it flesh and sent Jesus as a living Word of God. And so as Jesus was going about teaching, even though he was the Son of Man, he, was, he didn't stop being the Son of God. The Word that he spoke was still God's Word, which made them, brought down from heaven to us, made them, Spirit and life. And listen at what this says in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 4 of the King James Bible. In him was life, and the life was the light of all men. You're not going to get this at no revival, no man-made revival. You're only going to get this when you open up that Bible. Now, if you really want to get blessed, don't find you a conference or some man-made program to go to. Get in your closet. You need a closet where you got quiet, private, take a calendar if you need to, flashlight, your phone light. Get in there and spend time with him who is the life and the light of all men. And let this word, as David says in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, is that at the entrance of that word, it gives it life. Let the word of God come into your heart, to your mind, and stay there until the light of the gospel begin to shine in your heart. And once it shines in your heart, it'll shine in your life. That's the revival that God calls us to. All this other stuff, keep your money, stay home, get you a closet. You don't need another conference. You don't need another program. You need, we need 
a closet. And when we go in there, go in there with the right stuff to do work. And when you come out, expect God to bless you openly. That's what he said. And so in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 31, the King James Bible, it says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ, Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Now, this is the key right here to being revived. We're talking about how to uh, how to uh, build a better life for a future. I have to learn how to die daily. That's the key. We're instructed to die daily. Pastor, what am I dying to? I'm dying to all these notions, all these emotions, all these uh, these uh, feelings I have, all these mis- misinformation I got. You know, all of this hunger and thirst for everything, but God and his righteousness, and I'm not being filled. You know, we we, we got to stop being busy about it. Toss to and fro with every wind of doctor. Run in here, run in there. I got to find me a place and get anchored so I can learn. Because if I stop learning, I stop growing. If I stop growing, then guess what? I die spiritually. Your mind and your spirit can't handle all of this different doctrine, eating a little bit of this off this, eating a little bit of that, at that. The Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Your mind is not set up to handle that. You know, we got to keep our focus on Jesus and the word of God. That's what he said. All believers must believe and know that real life comes, I say it begins, you know, comes from God and God's word. You know, and all this running here, running there, trying to get this, trying to get that, 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 that's not where revival starts. Okay? God's word is where it starts. But we have to learn how to die daily. It costs us to cross, uh, you know, to do all this stuff, you know. It costs us, you know, if we going to bear our cross, it requires sacrifice. We got to give up something. We got to settle down. We got to get rooted in ground and stay rooted in ground, you know, until I start to grow, until I start to mature, you know. And in the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 23, the King James Bible says, now, if you want to follow God, follow God. Don't follow people, follow God. And if people are not following God, Paul says, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. If I'm not following Christ, you know, then don't follow me. Basically what Paul was saying. You know, and a lot of times we follow people off a of name and, and title and reputation and all of that. But not follow. You don't know what kind of spirit a lot of these people because we don't even know what the scriptures say. Scriptures say try every spirit by the spirit. If you got the spirit of God in you, then we need to start discerning this stuff. Solomon got himself in a bind, had seven hundred and 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 fifty wives, concubines, and three hundred and fifty seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. Everybody that came his way gave him something. They wanted, you know, they wanted something from him. He was anointed. He was David's son. He was not a king. And they wanted something. You know, he had that reputation. He was a handsome guy, tall guy. He was anointed for a minute. But he wasn't doing spiritually what he was supposed to be doing to lead the people, to lead the nation. But what ended up happening was, he had to make room in the temple of God, built to God, to worship all these other gods. To maintain his reputation. He couldn't say no. And we're like that. We're such busy body. We can't say no to stuff. Family members come, I'm going to this, I'm going to that. And, and we dread, don't forget me, I want to go too. They're supposed to have a quartet. I'm going too. You know, I love that good old country singing. I love this. I love that. But it's not reviving us. We have to learn to die to that stuff. We're serving God now and him only. And we have to build a relationship with him. I was raised in church all my life. But at 34 years old, I realized I did not have a relationship with Jesus. I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody taught me that. They didn't teach my parents that. And my parents were good, upstanding Christian folks. But they didn't have the Holy Ghost. What am I saying? 
They couldn't teach me what they never learned. They couldn't give me what they never received. And they couldn't take us where we they'd never been. Yeah, we, we was in church. And at 34, got baptized with the Holy Ghost. That changed everything. Now I wanted to learn and know what was what was that about. And we started to learn and grow. My wife and I, same, you know, same time, same church up in Virginia. And we've never been the same. Never been the same. And we come back and we see people are still doing the same old things that they've always done. And I read in the scripture what Paul said to the Corinthian church, I did not come to you with the tradition of men that make the glorious gospel of no effect. I didn't come with philosophy. I didn't come with all this doctrine of the world. I didn't come with, the, you know, with any of that stuff, excellency of speech, enticing words. No, I came to you with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. That's what Paul said. That's how he said he came. Now, we know who Paul was, who his name got changed. It was Saul. He was persecuting them things. Holding the coat to those who stoned Stephen. Book of Acts chapter 7. And on the way to the master to do some more, he was blinded. And he finally had an encounter with Jesus. This time for some of us to have an encounter with Jesus that changed our lives. Maybe we need to be blinded to some of all this stuff out here. If we're going to live a better life in the future. I'm, I'm passionate about this. But listen at what Luke says here. Book of Luke, ninth chapter. Now we're talking about dying David to some stuff now. Because you know, if, if, if Jesus Christ has resurrection power, I'm talking about dying spiritual now, so all this stuff that we done bought into, that we seek after, we run hard after, we sacrifice for. Over in the book of Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, Solomon did right. Only what we do for the Lord was going to count in the end. He learned that the heart. The whole duty of a man is to fear God and keep his commandments. That's the conclusion of the matter. You read the 12th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes to tell you that. The conclusion of the matter is that we fear God and keep his commandments. Not all this other stuff. Keeping your schedule, marking on your schedule when this revival coming up, this singing is coming up, this is coming up. And interacting with people, you don't know what kind of spirit they got. We don't know enough and not mature enough and grown enough. We don't know how to discern what them spirits are. When you enter into the into their domain, they get on. They, they're, they're familiar spirits. They know that's what the devil does. He goes to and fro seeking whom he may divide. And that's how he that's how he stands people. That's how he does. It. Now you go home and you Acting funny, you don't know what's going on, things start to happen, you get sick, all of a sudden you're feeling bad. You're on the spiritual attack. It's still like people go places, they don't wear no mask, they go home, they're coughing, they're sick, and you don't know who had COVID in them places. We just going, going, going. And he said, and he said unto them, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me now that means i gotta die to everything i feel i think i know because i'm going after god i tell people sometimes they say pastor how you doing i said well beginning to bed i think i died in heaven but i'm in full dress with him sometimes i i i, I tell people because god gave me that as a strategy a long time ago i tell people in a minute you can't offend me because you can't kill a dead man. I'm dead to my feelings. I'm saved now. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Do I get angry? Yes, but I don't let it cause me to sin. That was Jesus said, be angry with sin now. Because you can't kill a dead man. I already died to these things. And I reinforce that death by dying to them daily. How do I do it? I take this sword of the Spirit and I kill it. Before it even get a chance. First place I go is I submit myself to God, resist the devil, and he's gone for a season. I know he's coming back. That's how we build this this life, this better life. We continue to stay on this diet of the word. We continue to feed our spirit the word. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may have prospered and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Our souls are prospering this morning. This is the key. 
to a better life for our future. Scriptures is like soul food. It's spiritual food, nourishment. Bible said it's like medicine to our flesh and marrow to our bones. Jeremiah said that words were found and I did eat them. And they have become a joy and rejoice to my heart. Jesus, uh, David wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 107, verse 20, saying, Bible, he said, I sent my word to heal your disease and rescue you from destruction. That word was Jesus. And so he says here, you know, and he said unto them all, if any man, notice he said to them all, so this is universal for everybody. I don't care what title you wear. Don't follow people because they got a title or they got a reputation, they got a name or they got a book out. The only book we need to really be concerned about and have in our library is the Bible. And you can get commentary, you can get concordance, and so you can look up words in the original translation of what we teach our people. If you want to be a student of the word, you need your good strong concordance. You need your Hebrew and Greek Bible or dictionary so you can know what these words mean. You need one with pictures that have geographical locations so you can get a picture in your mind of where this took place, what was going on. You can do that and have that. We got a fabulous library fast share now. But it took years to build it. But we wanted to be students of the word and learn something. We don't want to always be spending money to go to this and go to that, being disappointed because people just keep begging, begging, begging for more money because they didn't get the offer they were trying to get. That's a hiring. God didn't send out no beggars, aggressive beggars. If you know God, you know you already paid. You do it for free. Come after me. Let him deny himself, deny all that stuff, and take up his cross. That's our cross daily. Die daily and follow me. Notice, die daily before you can follow him to all that stuff. For whosoever shall what? Save his life shall lose it. But whosoever loses his life for my sake shall save his life. He's talking about dying daily to the things that you're accustomed to, you're used to, that you've done traditionally all the time. You know why? We're trying to build a better life. And if we just do the same old things we did last year, these revivals and conferences are just, they come every year. They might put a new title or a new theme on it, but it's the same thing. You see the same people. Yeah, they may bring five or six more new prophets and new apostles and whoever, big names, you know, in. But it, we keep doing the same old thing and getting the same results. To me, that is a form of insanity. And my life is not getting any better, but my pockets are getting emptier. Because I'm funding that. And I'm not advancing the kingdom of God within my own life. Save it. For what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the son of man be ashamed. Indictment. When he shall come in his own glory his own glory, not the glory of man. He ain't going to come asking who conference you went to, who revival you went to, what singing you went to. He's going to want to know what did you do for the Lord, lady. Only what we do for the Lord is what's going to count in the east. Go read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. You're talking, you're reading from a man who experienced that stuff in his life. Follows. That's why he said everything is vanity and more vanity. Meaning empty, empty, empty. If, if, if you if you depart from God, which he did, didn't have to. And in his fathers, and of a, of the holy angels, <clears throat> but I tell you of the truth, there'll be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. On taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. That's key, y'all. The key is to die now, so I don't have to die then. That's the second death. Remember, it's a point in the man wants to die, but then the judgment. 
I don't I don't want to not have gotten saved or, or given my life to God and endure to the end and work out my salvation with fear and tremor and take that change. I got to know now. I got to mature now. I got to grow now. I got to know that I know now. And running all over the place like a busy body and not working out your own salvation with fear and trembling is the quickest way to stand in the judgment or prepare. Got to know the truth and the truth got to make you free. Uh, in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 25 to 26, King James Bible, listen, I said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. So if he resurrects us now because we die daily every day, you know, we, we are, we are resurrected every day because we die daily. We experience the resurrection of our to life every day. Every day we die, Bible said his flesh perishes anyway, it's dying anyway. But the Spirit of God makes us alive. So there's resurrection power every day. Every day. I got on this morning talking about I'm breathing, moving ahead of my being. That's because of the resurrection power of God. Because the first thing I, I said this morning was this. I put myself under. And God allowed me to get up and come and get ready to do this lesson. So we, 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 we have to understand Jesus is telling her, but she's concerned about her brother. That, hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. Though he be dead, he can lead us. That's the same thing for us. We have to learn to get in the habit of dying to these things of the world. Lust of the eye, pride of life, lust of the flesh, and all these traditions of men that are made of course God with no effect. I know it's hard. We've been doing it as, as, especially in the South. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna have our, 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 things and we gonna have our anniversaries birthday celebrations and we gonna have all that stuff and we make it a priority for while we go to church and they do such beautiful decorations just spending money committed for this committed for that i'd be like where the prayer ministry is oh we got figures my alone but we don't have elders that go to the hospitals to the homes of these people like james said if they're being sick among them let them call for the elders of the church. Let them go and lay hands and anoint with all and pray for the sick. And they that prayer of faith will heal them and God will raise them up. No, we have a sick list. Sick and shut in, they call it. All oh, this is tradition of men. It ain't biblical. But it's a tradition of the churches in the South. God ain't called no woman to preach. You got the whole road against the wall on the big hat with big pocketbooks dressed to kill first lady's department. Ah, they call no woman to be over no man. You certainly don't thought over no man. You better go read the scripture. Deborah was a judge. Because when men couldn't do it, God called Deborah to do it. Hold them. All these women in the Bible got you. And you need to really read the scripture says God poured out his spirit on his maid servant. That's a woman and his men servant, his male servant. At the same time, the book of Acts chapter two, verse 18, you go read it. Stop letting these men with all this tradition keep y'all in bondage out there. Let the word of God liberate you. Book of John chapter 8, verse 32, the King James Bible. Go read it. It said, God will, we know the truth, and the truth make us free. Not some man, but his tradition or her tradition. Women do it too. God uses men and women. We understand what, what's going on when Paul said that when the people, Paul wrote that in the book of uh, Corinthians. He was trying to settle an issue because they was abusing the gifts in the church. Men were prophesying. Women, everybody was out of Women thought the men could do what they could do. But there's a certain order. That's why Paul said, let's do everything. And a lot of the women were mad at their husband because they wouldn't do it at home. So they was coming in there, busting them out, baby. And it was out of order. That's the only time you would see that in there. But you will see many, many other volumes of scripture where God used when Philip had four daughters who prophesied. The word prophesied meant they went out and preached. 
And they didn't just preach to women, they preached to men too. The elect lady, over in the book of First John, second chapter, you go read it. John saw her, but she was having church in her house to her children. They were walking in truth. And then she defended her faith in the church. That's what was so impressive about it. A leg lady is not some title you give to your wife because you don't want to call her a pastor. That means elect means to be picked out by God for a sacred purpose. Chosen by God. My wife's a pastor. That's the people's a pastor. Because the Bible said God gave pastors, not one pastor, meaning plural. Meaning my wife and I, we were one. When we got married, we were no longer trained. We became one. So you think I'm going to go to the Baptist church and let them separate what God has joined together? God said, let no man put us on. If I'm, if she not welcome in the pulpit, I'm not welcome because it ain't God's pulpit. That's the wrong spirit up in there. I don't want to be up in there. That's why I don't get take no more preaching and preaching assignments. Last year I went to, I had to turn into pastor, uh, Will you let the Holy Ghost use me? Yeah, 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 go ahead. I said, well, and my wife now, welcome up in here. I'm now welcome. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she welcome. It, it, it was something to say, well, no, according to our tradition, okay, I stepped down. I'm not trying to work to come back next year and get $100. Every penny we've ever been given after we spoke somewhere early on, we gave it right back to the church. It's $100. You don't labor, got a message, preach your heart out. Hey, I'm giving you hundred dollars like that. Did something. It wasn't about money anyway, so don't 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 tempt me with that. Get, get some gas in the car, get you a dinner. What you're telling me is you don't value the work. Can't put a price on it. Well, let's get back in there. Listen to what this what John wrote. Jesus said unto her, "I'm the resurrection and the life." We're talking about not building a life for the future. Can't do it without understanding the resurrection power that's available to us. He that believeth in me, that's the key. Now we've been talking about our theme this year, first believe, and when you believe, you have to declare what you believe so that people know what you believe. And then you have to wait for the manifestation of what you believe to manifest. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Uh, in Christ Jesus, if you are not spiritually born again, you are spiritually dead. I don't care who you are, what title you hold, how much money you got, how much fame you got. Everybody now can contributing people being alive spiritually based on how much money you got. I bid your house, your car, your, your wardrobe, and all that crazy stuff. No, listen to what he's saying right here. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. It don't mean it comes automatic. Money ain't a, ain't a de facto to tell you that, you, that you're going to go to heaven when you die. I said it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go to the house of Jesus. And when the young rich man approached Jesus, wanted to, saw Jesus doing the miracles, he wanted that power. He realized what he didn't have, couldn't buy. And Jesus said, you, you, you like paraphrasing, you really sure you want this? We'll go sell everything you got to give to the poor. You mean all, yeah, all your name. If you really want this power, he couldn't do it. He walked away, disappointed. There's a lot of folks right now gain the whole world and lose their soul, profit the whole world, got more money than they ever need, and constantly complain about the government, all of these, all do that. Why don't you go do something? Why don't you take some of that money and do something to help the poor, help the homeless? He said, you know, shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth out this. That's the key now. You got to believe. Do you believe this? Then be willing to die daily to all that stuff. So you can live daily the life that God has planned for you. People want success and fame, but they are not looking to the Lord to fulfill their lives. If anything you gain in an ungodly way, it's no gain at all. God wants godly gain with contentment. In other words, I've learned how to be full. I've learned how to be empty. At the same time, Paul said, 
I've learned how to obey and how to abide. At the same time, Paul said, no matter what situation I find myself in, therewith Paul said, I've learned how to be content. We have to. Is everything perfect in my life? No, it's not. I'll be a liar to tell you this. But the work that has begun in me will continue to be performed by God. Book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the King James Bible. All of us have embraced that scripture. We know that it is God who begun this good work. We know that it's God going to continue to perform it until the day he comes to redeem his church up out of this earth. We know that. We're content with that. We count everything else a bunch of don'ts, like Paul said. We're, after, we're, we're not trying to apprehend the one who have apprehended us. We're chasing after Jesus. We're not chasing after carpenters and, and, and mega whatever, this and that. No. We're chasing after Jesus. Because he's he owns everything. The earth is here, the fullness thereof, the child of a thousand. It all belongs to him. And if we get him, we got what he's got. But if we get what he's got without him, it, it's not gonna last. So we're going to get ready to bring it in this morning, you know, but they are not looking to the Lord to fulfill their lives. Many like to buy things. Thomas David said, you know, you need to wake up. He does not seek the world to fill him, but God's word is what fills us. David knew real life because he knew God personally, intimately acquainted with him. And he knew God's word, or God inspired him through song to help David get through some things. <laughs> he encourages us because he puts in the book of Psalms his great love for God, even though he was not a perfect person. You know, he wasn't perfect. David knew, according to the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 25, King James Bible, revive me according to thy word, Lord. He cried out to God. Search me, God. He didn't say, if you find anything in me, he knew it was there. Creating me a new heart. He knew within me a steadfast spirit. Whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 6 of King James Bible. He says, thy word has revived me. That was it. Where the Lord came to David and revived David. And you read the book of Psalm 176 verses. Book of Psalm 1, chapter 119, it blesses you. He constantly makes reference to the word. Verse 50 of that chapter, he says, that word has revived me, given me life. Verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts. For by then, thou hast revived me. Remember that David fell short. He, he had his friend Uriah killed, went into Bathsheba. They had chosen. Son died because it wasn't of God. Got out of the will of God. And then the one that lived, one of them tried to kill him, tried to take his throne. I mean, there was, some of them was good, but some of them was bad. Yeah, I, I, I want all my seed to be good. To live right for God, they will be. Verse 107 of that chapter says, I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to thy word. He knew what his problem was. He wanted to get right with God. He wanted to get right with God, be revived. That's the only way is God's word. God and his word is what revives us, renews us, and restores us. So we're going to build that future. We got to start by letting the word of God revive us and renew us. Not running all over the place trying to find answers and, you know, Bible said people are like that, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We hear this going on. We hear that, oh, they're going to be in Tallahassee. Oh, they're going to be over here. They're going to be over there. And we get a group of people and we dress up and got to go out and buy this. What, what, what color are you wearing? You know, it's turned into everything but what God intended. It's not of God. It's not of God. Um, chapter 119, verse 149, the King James Bible, David said this, Revive me, O Lord, according to thy ordinances, thy word. 
I wouldn't want to be revived no other way. I wouldn't want to go around telling everybody about, girl, man, brother, sister, boy, you should have been there. What, what, what? Man, that, man, that conference was off the chain. What did they talk about? I don't know, but my toes were praising God. My socks were jumping. But you don't know what they talked about. I'm going back next year. Verse 50, 154 says, Revive me according to thy word. Verse 156 says, Revive me according to thy ordinances. Go. It's David just keeps on. He just keeps on. He keeps on. He keeps on. And so what am I saying to you? We have to keep on. We have to keep on. If we're going to be revived the way God wants to be revived, we got to keep on feeding our soul the word of God. We got to keep doing it. We can't stop. We can't take breaks. We can't take time off. And I'm not saying, I know you got lives, you work to do that, but you got to also build in some time for God. That should be most, that should be the first or the first priority. I wouldn't trust going out here without spending a few minutes with God every day. Just spend more than that if he's that important to you. We're talking about building a better life now for our future. And it starts with dying daily so we can be revived and renewed in the things of God. That's, that's, that's guaranteed. I'm going to be around for that future with a better life so I can enjoy life Everything that pertains to life in God is like God intended. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We pray to you this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. We thank you, God, for what you said to us this morning. We bless your holy name this morning. Thank you for reviving us with your word. You have given us your word, God. And we know you want regular communication with us on a daily basis because you are our friend. And we should talk to our friends daily. God, you want to converse with us, God, that we may know each other a lot better, God. You know us, but you want us to know you better. God, we thank you this morning, God, that we should have a lot to say to you, God, about our life, God. We say so much to people, but why not say things to you, God, have a conversation with you, our, our Father? Because, God, we know we can only gain in these things by talking to you. And we want it to be purposeful, that this is our purpose, God, that we do it daily, God. And then we go out with the intent to obey you, God. Once we speak to you, cast it upon you, we know you care for us. And we not go, God, share it with anyone else because we know we are taking it to you in prayer, God. And wait on you, God, to revive us. Continue to declare what you said to us, that you may hear your word coming back to you, God, putting you in remembrance of your promises, God. But Father, we thank you. We have your spirit to help us, God. And we know that, Jesus, you are the Lord of life. Holy Spirit, you are the one who takes the word in us and quickens us and brings it alive, brings it to our remembrance. You are the spirit of truth. You're the greater one that lives inside of us. And we fear not what man can do to us, but we only fear and reverence the Lord. So we ask you, Lord, today that you lead God and direct our path on this phone call this morning in Jesus' name. And we may walk in the resurrection power of God throughout this day and throughout eternity. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.